Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our first reading today is from the 28th chapter of Matthew, verses 1 through 10. You may locate these texts in your Pew Bible on page 909. First, let us prepare our hearts to hear God's word. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone, and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead. And indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. The angel said, he is not here, he is raised. If these words are true, and I believe they are, then these words change everything, not just about death, but about every moment of life as well. Because resurrection is the ultimate work of God's love, a love that calls you by name, a love that will not let you go, and a love that will transform you. These women, the first Easter preachers, they stood in the cemetery. The earth shook. An angel sat atop of the stone. Soldiers have been given the most unfortunate job in history, make sure the dead guy stays dead. They appear dead now. 
But to the women, the angels say, he's not here. He has been raised, and you will see him in Galilee. Why is that? What's so important about Galilee? I mean, he's back, but now you have to search for him? Why didn't Jesus just walk back with the women and drop in on the disciples and back? That would have been the kindest thing. Nicholas Walterstorff taught theology at Yale Divinity School. His son, Eric, died of an accident at the age of 25. In a little book entitled Lament for a Son, Dr. Walterstorff wrote this. He said, I did not think of death as some hopeless bottomless pit. I did not grieve as one without hope. But I grieve because Eric is gone now. I cannot talk with him now. I cannot hear of his plans for the future. That is my grief now. And for that grief, what consolation can there be other than for him to come back to me? Surely the disciples felt the same way. But Jesus didn't come back to them. Evidently, resurrection means you got to take a road trip to Galilee. So what's in Galilee? Here's what I think. I think we're learning that resurrection is not just about eternal life. It's about transformed life. When we are raised, we do not live just forever, but we finally become the person God intended us to be all along. If you're like me, and I bet you are, this is good news. Because if the angel said, great news, you are going to be exactly who you are right now. You're going to be that person forever. I'm not sure that's what I want. I mean, I'm still kind of a mixed bag. You know, there's some things about me I'm not so pleased about. There's some things about me I'm still working on. I, I need transformation. Resurrection is the work of God's love that makes us new. And that's why Galilee is an essential part of the Easter story. The angels say, he's going ahead to Galilee. You will see him there. Okay, don't read this literally, okay? It's not that he's like hanging out in some pizzeria in Galilee and you stop in, you'll see him. This is not something you read literally. Galilee is not a zip code. It's a condition. If you read the whole gospel, what you see is Galilee is where Jesus does his ministry. In Galilee is where he heals folks. In Galilee is where he forgives people who've messed up their lives. In Galilee is where he included women and children and lepers and Gentiles, those who the tradition said you don't belong. He said you belong to me. In Galilee, he spent every day making right things that had gone wrong. It's where his love was lived. So if I understand it, what the angels are saying to us is go live like he taught you to live. Live as he lived, and you will see him. That's Galilee. 
We here at Village, we speak of God's promised day. God's promised day is that ultimate day of resurrection. It's when God makes right all that has gone wrong. It's like the prophet said, the day when swords are beaten into plowshares. It's the day when justice rolls down like waters. It's when love defines every encounter because we are finally the people God intends us to be. And that ultimate work of love is announced on Easter, but it's also something to which we are called on Easter. We are called to live toward that promised day. To go to Galilee is to live toward that day. And goodness knows, goodness knows the world needs some transformation. I could offer you a litany of the wrongs of the world. I could talk of the crisis of the day. Violence is common. The vulnerable are often abused. The planet itself is threatened. And I could talk about the brokenness in the church. Too often the church makes the news because churches have have excluded some of God's children or abused some of God's children. Goodness knows we live in need of transformation. That's the truth. But this is also the truth. Christ has called us to go to Galilee, to live toward God's promised day, and if you are attentive, you can see it all around. We were working at Betty's home. Betty lived nestled in the shadows of Appalachia. Betty's home was a lime green trailer where she lived with her mother who was suffering from dementia. The trailer was carved out of the mountainside, and the mountain was eroding and threatened to push her trailer down the mountain. For a week, there are a few of us that spent time in her backyard building a retaining wall out of railroad cross ties. It was the hardest physical labor I have ever done in my life. We started on Monday with great energy, and by Thursday, we could tell we were not going to finish We were battling more than a mountain, and we were battling poverty, and poverty is a fierce enemy. Each day at lunchtime, Betty invited us to bring our dirty, smelly bodies and to sit on the little porch she had as we ate our peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. On Monday, we passed that lunchtime telling stories and getting to know, and how are you? By Thursday, we sat in just an exhausted silence. I had not finished eating my sandwich when I heard hammering. Thompson had skipped lunch, and he had gone around the back of the trailer, and he was hammering another bit of rebar into the cross ties to add one more cross tie to the wall. Thompson was a ninth grader and to this point had spent most of the week complaining that his mother had made him go to Scott County, Tennessee. He wanted me and everybody else to know he was way too cool to spend a whole summer week in Tennessee. But there he was hammering, skipping his lunch. I said, Thompson, what are you doing? You need to take a break, man. We're all taking a break. He looked at me and he said, Rev, we got to finish this wall. Rev, what is she going to do? Nobody even knows she's here. We got to finish this wall. And I realized in that moment 
that we were on our way to Galilee and that Jesus had shown up right there in Scott County, Tennessee. Now, don't, don't let me claim more than I can. The world is a mess, and it's always going to be a mess. And you and me, we're a mess too sometimes, and we're always going to be a mess. We will never heal everything that needs to be healed, and we will never comfort every sorrow, and we will never set to right everything that has gone wrong. And when we come to our end and stand in presence of our Maker, we will need God to redeem our imperfect lives. And God will do just that. But at the same time, this day calls us to do the good that is ours to do. And if you look, it's happening all around. This past week, I passed by the classrooms back here filled with kids from Operation Breakthrough. Some of you were there and were reading them books. Some of the kids had crawled up in your laps, and there was some reading going on and some hope being shared. And to me, it looked like a glimpse of Galilee. Some of you have learned that there were prison inmates whose families were struggling. So you purchased some gifts for the holidays just to show a little care to those our community would just assume ignore. Every week here, there are conversations that take place for the public and for this church family to gather and talk about things that matter in our lives and to do so in an informed and civil tone because communities need places where conversation can happen. And sometimes in those conversations, we get a glimpse of Galilee. And we realized here it's important that we be known as a church not defined by who we keep out, but by who we welcome in. Because when all are welcomed, we are a little closer to Galilee. And that's why you provide medical care in the Dominican Republic and Haiti and Kenya and why you break bread and offer prayers at the Mexican border because the day we realize that all people matter is the day we find ourselves in Galilee. And that's why here we'll care about the earth and not just on Earth Day. What I'm saying is that because Christ is alive... There's not only an ultimate hope for you and for me and for all, but that hope shapes our every moment now. And it's ours to do the good that is ours to do. And then when our lives are over and when we come to the end, we trust that God will fulfill God's ultimate work of love and redeem all that has gone wrong, make right that which we cannot. So I was, I was eating dinner with my brother Gene. Gene is a special needs kid. He's 57 years old and thinks more like a five-year-old. He loves to watch reruns of Chips and Emergency and Adam-12, and you have to be 57 to remember those shows. He loves it when I tell you about him, and when I call him this afternoon, he's going to ask, did I tell you about him? He knows my name, but he calls me Buddha, and his dream is to drive a car, preferably a red car, 
He's 57 years old, and he just wants to drive. We were eating at his favorite restaurant, Shoney's Big Boy. Do you know what that is? So we were there. We ordered the cholesterol plate. We were, <laughs> we were talking about the trips he would take in his red car. And at one moment, he kind of interrupted the conversation. And he looked at me with level gaze, and he said, What a, do you think? I will ever drive that car. And I said, yes, Gene, you will. Now look, I, I get it. He's not ever going to drive a car. Not my car, he's not. <laughs> but that's not really what he was asking me. What he was asking, is there, is there ever going to be a day when God makes right everything that has gone wrong? Is there ever going to be a day when all that is broken is healed? Is there ever going to be a day when every sorrow is comforted? Is there ever going to be a day when God is going to repair that which we cannot heal ourselves? And I said, yes. God will do that for you and for me because the love of God witnessed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a love that calls us by name and will never let us go and will transform us to be the people God always intended us to be. He's not here. He has been raised. And just as importantly, you will see him in Galilee. Live like he taught you to live, and you will find him, or he will find you. If these words are true, and I, I believe they are, They've changed everything, not only, not only in death, but in every moment of our lives. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.